Hey, what's going on, everybody? Dr. Philip Fletcher with uh, the Humanity Matters show. I'm glad that you are able to join me either live or watching this uh, as a recording or over on my podcast. Uh, the Humanity Matters podcast is available at anchor.fm and all that uh, good stuff. And you want to connect with me, there's a host of different ways you can connect with me on. Uh, social media, whether it's on Twitter, over on my Facebook page, Dr. Philip Fletcher, where this is also showing, over on YouTube, uh, just put in Dr. Philip Fletcher, subscribe, and as well, you can find me on my website, uh, philipfletcher.org, philipfletcher.org, and just want to get down into the meat of things on uh, tonight. And if you want to participate in any type of way, if you got a question, either live or you want to uh, email me as well, you can always shoot me an uh, email at humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com, humanitymatterspodcast at uh, gmail.com. So, uh, got a lot of things I want to, well, one specific thing that I want to talk about uh, tonight on this show, and I'm not surprised uh, that this started, Uh, not surprised of the first city that it started with. Um, It was either going to be some California city or a New York city, and it happened to be a a New York uh, city. Uh, But today, uh, Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio, who is the mayor of uh, New York City, he announced uh, today, um, coming in uh, later this August, actually two weeks from now, uh, mandatory uh, vaccinations if uh, citizens of that city want to participate in the life of New York City. In fact, it is called uh, the key to New York City Pass, quote, key to New York City Pass. Now, I'm going to be referencing uh, the transcript of his press conference today, and uh, you can find that at the www.nyc.gov website. You just put it in. It comes up today for August uh, 3rd, 2021. And it has both the video as well as uh, the transcript of uh, the words that he talked about, as well as the questions asked to him by uh, the media that were present. So um, let let me first say on this whole thing, uh, I've really tried to keep uh, above board on uh, this whole COVID uh, 19, uh, virus that we as, uh, American citizens specifically, and then the world has experienced, uh, since 2020, uh, some would probably argue as late as 2019, uh, needless to say, uh, some of the things that I have held firm on and I want, uh, either if you're watching or listening to this to be, Uh, extremely clear on is this, is that uh, one, I firmly believe, firmly believe I'm committed to this for a number of reasons, uh, personal reasons, historical reasons, that I firmly believe that each individual should, has the power to choose for him or herself uh, those activities Uh, that are appropriate for his or her life. One, because uh, using myself, no one knows what I need more than I do. And no one knows more than I do what I don't need and should not need, so on and so forth, right? That's for every individual. Now, since we live in uh, neighborhoods, since we live in cities and states, you know, in a country, the higher you go, uh, 
the more people that become involved in a particular situation, there is uh, what is called a, a, a lack of knowledge. There is no way. And, and, and I'm going to be precise and clear tonight. It is the height of arrogance. It is hubris. It is pride to make the assumption of uh, a few, whether they are uh, elected or whether they are a, a staff of the elected, namely a bureaucracy um, or a group who knows what is best for everybody else. It's just not possible. Uh, there is no way that uh, any group or individual could claim infallibility because um, they don't have complete knowledge. The most knowledge anybody has is of him or herself in their particular situation um, and what is occurring in their lives. So I, I need to just be clear and precise on that. The second thing is this. Uh, I have been clear on this, that it is nobody's business. It is not your business. It is not the state's business, uh, whether that's the federal level, the state level, the city level, the county level. My health decisions are none of your business. That sounds crass. It sounds Hard, but I, I think it, it it needs to be said that it is uh, no one's business unless I choose to announce to another individual what is going on with my health or things preventatively that I'm doing regarding my health um, or things I'm doing in response to uh, something is going on with my health. But at the end of the day, I, I've, I've made it clear that it's none of your business. It just isn't. Now, I understand um, over the past uh, this year uh, that individuals have chosen for whatever reason. I am not going to seek to, again because I lack knowledge. All right. I am not going to presume, cast uh, aspersion, or make a judgment as to why individuals choose to announce what they are doing in regards to their health as it relates to specifically COVID-19. Again, it's not my business. It, it, it's just not. I Again, it sounds hard. I don't care. Um, and in this specific case, I do not care whether or not you take the vaccine or don't take the vaccine because it's not my business. I am not entitled to, I am not deserving of any of your health decisions as it relates to you as an individual. Now, if you choose to put said information out there, then obviously that is your prerogative. Um, that is your right as a human being. And I fully support your right to announce it or not announce it. The other thing that I, uh, the third thing is this, that I wanted to be uh, expressly uh, clear on. It is vitally important. And I am thinking through uh, the of, of Ralph Waldo Emerson and his concepts and thoughts about civil disobedience and the like. It is vitally important to an individual, to people that organize together for whatever reason, for questions to occur. It is important to question why. It is important to ask questions, obviously, to arrive at a particular conclusion. We want to know. We want to have answers. We as human beings, we're curious. We seek out. We ask questions. And we, we ask questions to clarify. We ask 
questions to determine what it is that we hold to, whether or not it is right or wrong. And like I said before, to, to clarify. The other reason that is important to ask questions, all right, and why it's important to ask questions specifically of those who have been, quote unquote, charged to be our servants, specifically elected representatives, it is important to question them, to look at the information and offer questions. And to offer questions does not necessarily mean that an individual is for something or against something. We ask questions because we want to understand, but we also ask questions because I also think it is important because it does keep at bay things that can, things, behaviors, and individuals or groups of individuals who may intend to do us some type of harm. Now, I am not saying that the vaccine or not having a vaccine is meant to do some type of harm. What I am saying is that it is important to ask questions. That way, it functions as a means of accountability. It functions to protect those who can't protect themselves or who cannot ask questions. To ask questions lets those in authority know that they cannot and should not do whatever it is that they want to do. So my larger issue regarding this whole, uh, you know, the pandemic is this. Hey, if you're watching this, please share this. Uh, Philip Fletcher, Humanity Matters. We're talking about is coercion uh, upon us. If you got a question or comment, uh, please uh, hit me up. Um, just going to try to speak clearly and precisely uh, on tonight because it is vitally important. The other thing that I have maintained is I believe our larger issue is not this pandemic. Sadly, people have died, over 600,000. People have gotten sick and they have recovered. According to the Biden administration, they've hit their 70% mark of individuals who've at least received at least one dose of uh, one of the available vaccines. But my larger issue is this. Our treatment of one another. Our treatment of one another. I am I I, I think back to what if you and I'm leaning on my uh my faith here, what Jesus said, what is it? mean for one to gain the whole world and to lose one's soul. So if I may extrapolate from that, what does it matter to be pro-vaccine, pro-mask, yet lose your soul because the way you treat a anti-mask, anti-vaccine person? And on the same level, what is it for you to gain by being an anti-mask, anti-vaccine, and lose your soul in regards to how you treat those in holding the other position. What have you gained? Okay, you've gained your health, all right? Your life has been extended another day. You are maintaining your freedoms and your liberties, so on and so forth. But at what cost? At what cost in the way that you talk about your neighbor? At what cost in the way that 
you may perceive someone at the store or at the movie theater or um, somebody that you work with or somebody that you worship with. At what cost? Is it you, you, you've held your position, right? On what other side? But yet you, you sacrifice, and these are the words that I'm going to use tonight, you depersonalize an individual or a group of people for what purpose? For what end? What is the, the telos of your treatment of that individual using some type of shame, condemnation, some type of prerogative, uh, excuse me, pejorative, what have you gained? Because when this subsides, and I believe it will, like all these others that have come before it, what we will be left with is how we now treat one another because we are establishing a new normal in how we relate to one another. We're already physically distant from one another. We already, for for many people, hide our faces so we can't see the expressions of one another. And now we are moving towards, and now I'm about to transition to de Blasio, that we are, there is a growing willingness because there's protests like this happening in France as well over the very thing that de Blasio just announced. If you don't know about that, I would encourage you to go to uh, ground, ground.news. That's where I get all my news. You can get it local, statewide, nationwide, worldwide, and see how other countries are dealing with this and what other things are being said. And you will actually find out <laughs> you're not alone. <laughs> that there are other individuals, other nations who are dealing with similar things. So I would encourage you to go to ground.news. You can get that on a website. Uh, they didn't pay me to say this. This is something that's helpful to me. Uh, it looks at all the news. It judges it versus center, left, right. It gives it a bias score, so on and so forth. It gets you out of your echo chamber, okay? So our treatment of one another and the issue of depersonalization. Now, uh, earlier today, I, I said this on uh, my Facebook page, and I want you to hear this from my voice. Sometimes when you, you hear it, it's different than reading it. And I said this, a simple observation, and I posted this three hours ago. Our nation will turn on itself if its citizens begin viewing other citizens as morally and spiritually second class because they have not taken the medicine. When those individuals are described as a threat, implies to be an enemy, or obstacles to normal life, statements encouraged by elected representatives, it then becomes easier to depersonalize those individuals and take actions which previously would be considered unacceptable. History has demonstrated when a group of people are depersonalized, the actions taken against them somehow find some type of moral justification. In the end, we all lose. What's running behind that statement is three influential gentlemen in my studies, Martin Luther King, Howard Thurman, Rufus Perot. And each one of these men identified Rufus Perot's contemporary, still alive, um, dealing with this idea of personalism. And what they identified was this. In the case of Martin Luther King, he said this, is that for the racist, the racist, when he looked in, in that context, looking at a, a black man or a woman, right, and discriminates against them on the basis of their skin color, 
preventing them from participating in the electoral process, educational process, economic process. That racism not only harms the person that's experiencing the racism, there's a depersonalization on that black man or woman, but a depersonalization happens within the individual that is conducting the, the racist thought or behavior. Howard Thurman examines the same thing and identifies the same thing as well. Rufus Barrow pointed out that looking at history, a lot of the, oh, the tragic events of history, especially the 20th century, they started with a group of people looking at another group of people and systematically depersonalizing them. And in doing so, it made it easier for all sorts of socially unacceptable, leading to very dehumanizing things that occurred against those individuals. And it wasn't something that happened overnight. It was a slow progression. So, Mayor Bill de Blasio. I'm just going to read some uh, some excerpts from his transcript. Again, uh, I'll put the link to this whole transcript as well uh, so that you can look at it. All right. And so he opens up with a cordiality. Good morning, everyone. Every day we focus on the recovery of New York City, a recovery for all of us. And that recovery is well underway. Okay. So he mentions that this is the whole ball game, everyone, all right? And he says that vaccination has made the difference. And now we've added this $100 incentive. So people are being incentivized. Federal dollars are being used, all right? New York City's not paying for it. The state of New York ain't paying for it. It's federal dollars that are paying for this, okay? Incentivizing people to get the vaccine, all right? He says just a few days into it, just started on Friday, and by yesterday, over 11,000 New Yorkers had claimed a $100 incentive with their first vaccination. 11,000 people in just a few days. This is going to be a big deal, and this is going to help us go a lot farther. As of today in New York City, uh, 10,015,459 total doses from the beginning of our effort. But here's another major milestone. We have now reached 5 million. 5 million New Yorkers have gotten at least one dose of the vaccine. Five million New Yorkers, close quote, all right? He goes on to say, and I quote, we're going to use every tool we've got to fight the Delta variant and to end the COVID era once and for all in this city. That means more and more vaccinations, and we know that strong, clear mandates help. All right, so this is a duly elected official, all right, who is now going another step to achieve a particular outcome. So he says this, and I quote, so today I announced a new approach, which we're calling the key to New York City pass. The key to New York City, when you hear those words, so pause, when you hear those words, so he wants to cultivate an imagination, okay? He wants you to see the world as he wants to see it. Okay. I want you to imagine the notion that because someone's vaccinated, they can do all the amazing things that are available in this city. Pause. So the opportunity to participate in the life of the city for a person that's been living in the city of New York now depends on being vaccinated. So before participation, living, working, being educated in New York City was. Because I live here. Now he has shifted it to participation as in the city of New York is tied to a vaccination. Okay, continuing on. Quote, this is a miraculous place, literally full of wonders. And if you're vaccinated, all that's going to be open to you. You'll have the key. You can open the door. All right, so... I imagine the imagery, right? 
if you will, all the unvaccinated individuals are outside of the house of New York City, right? And they are not able to come into the house unless they have a key. I think you can understand that imagery, right? So the opportunity to participate in the life of New York City, they are locked outside of that. And the only way those individuals can participate in the activities of the House of New York City is by them getting a key, a.k.a. the vaccine. Okay. He goes on. But if, so there's the but. But if you're unvaccinated, unfortunately, you will not be able to participate in many things. That's the point we're trying to get across. <clears throat> That's the point. If you're not vaccinated, you cannot participate in the life of New York City. That's the point we're trying to get across. It's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life. All right. So unless you take the vaccine. According to Bill, Bill de Blasio, I don't know. He has this knowledge. Right. He has he has this knowledge. Other people don't have this knowledge. He has this knowledge that when you take this vaccine, it's literal, all right? It's literal, as nece literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life. <clears throat> so again, the goalposts have been moved. So it's moved from get the vaccine. Then it moved to, we'll incentivize you $100. Or in some other states, it's a lottery. Or it's, you know, you get a, you can win a firearm, whatever it is, right? Concert tickets. Now for New York City, they've moved it to now, if you want to participate in the activities of New York City, right? To go to a restaurant, to go work out at a gym, to go to a concert and whatever other things they're going to detail, right? It's going to require you to have a vaccine. And then also, he literally says, right? And I quote, Again, it's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life, close quote, okay? The key to New York City Pass will be a first in the nation approach. I need y'all to pay attention to the language. Pay attention to the language. It is the first in a nation approach. It will require vaccination for workers and customers in indoor dining and indoor fitness facilities, indoor entertainment facilities. This is going to be a requirement. So the, the government has moved over top of the private in a very strong manner. The government, the city government in this case, has moved over top of the private. So private restaurant owners, private gym owners, private indoor entertainment facilities. I'm assuming movie theaters, concerts, you know, it's New York City, you know, Broadway, so on and so forth. The government has the prevailing notion over what these businesses can and can't do, whom they can welcome and whom they cannot welcome. The only way, and here it is, to patronize these establishments indoors will be if you are vaccinated. At least one dose. The same for folks in terms of work. They'll need at least one dose. So if you want to work here, you got to take the vaccine. If you want to have a job to pay your rent or your mortgage, pay your bills, so on and so forth, you got to have the vaccine. Again, I'm trying to speak clearly and precisely. 
on the inside, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I am hot. Like, to, but I want to be fair uh, to what this man put out. But I'll be honest with you. I, I, I There's things that's in me right now that going on. This is crucial because we know that this will encourage a lot more vaccinations. Well, yes. So what is happening is groups are being segregated. This is nothing new for government. (laughs) Okay. The civil rights era and everything that happened before that, you know, who is responsible for that segregation for that slavery, right? I'm coming to my critical race theory people, right? Who was responsible for the segregation, the legislation of all those type of things? It was city, county, state, and federal government. And again, on the basis of a vaccine and receiving the vaccine, people are being segregated out. And I continue on. I had a comment come in from somebody on Instagram uh, and, and, and I've received this pushback before that this is not about rights. This is not about freedom. This is about making sure people don't die. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, People die. People have an appointed time to die. It it is a heavy, heavy, heavy part of the human experience. It is. And and I've said before, this COVID thing has, has made us confront our own mortality. And the decisions that we make in regards to that mortality, it sucks. I got it. Death is hard. It's heavy. It's not something that you just get over the next day. I I, I completely understand. At the same time, that is not the only prevailing voice. It is not the only prevailing voice. There are other individuals who are making decisions for what they consider to be as equally important as whatever decision that you are making in regards to the decisions that you are choosing to make in regards to COVID. But the the person critiqued me, and I welcome all critiques, because he said it's not about freedom and rights. Okay, well, let's hear what Bill de Blasio had to say today. So he was asked this question by uh, a reporter. Question, very good, thank you. So positivity rate is already over 3%. And the Delta variant has taught us that we still don't know a lot of things about COVID-19 virus. We're still more than a month away from September 13th. So given that infections are quickly going up every day in New York City, I'm assuming he's referencing the Delta variant, all right? Why not mandating proof of vaccination sooner or also mandate masks indoors immediately? That's always a good question. If is that, if Bill de Blasio perceives this big an issue, why didn't he just announce it today? Why wait? If it's about lives, It's about getting lives back to normal. Why wait? I know why, because they still have to figure out the enforcement mechanism. They're still going to have to figure out how they're going to check people in these restaurants and gyms and facilities and provide oversight of these businesses, so on and so forth. That means fines as well. Going on back to the question. 
Why not mandating proof of vaccination sooner or also mandate masks indoors immediately or proof of negative tests at public venues like Congressman uh, Espeliot and Councilman Levine have asked the city to do? And a city like Paris has started doing this week. Again, I reference France. Go look it up. There's a lot going on in France. There's a lot. I'm not going to probably report in the United States, but go check it out. What's going on? And so the mayor responds to Juan Manuel, who is asking this question. And I'll get to your comments in a section. I just want to get through uh, the meat of this. All right. Juan Manuel, we're looking at every option. Everything's on the table. I don't know what he means by that now. Everything's on the table. What else could there be? As I said, we've been climbing the ladder, more and more announcements, more and more new strategies all the time. Everything's on the table. But the most important piece is vaccination. I said, yes, I'm going to say it again. Our strategy is vaccine centric. Anything and everything we do is to support vaccination. Anything less than vaccination isn't going to get us where we need to go. So we're certainly ready to look at any additional options. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I'm, 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 I'm taking people through this because if it comes to Conway or Little Rock or Fayetteville or Springdale or Dumas or Los Angeles or Louisville or Atlanta or Dallas or wherever, Ask these questions. He goes on to say, so we're certainly ready to look at any additional options. But right now, what we want to nail is people getting vaccinated. And very bluntly, I always have to pay attention when people use that kind of language. And very bluntly, showing that life is much better when you're vaccinated. You can do so much more when you're vaccinated. You have, these are his words, you have more freedom when you're vaccinated and you have a lot less, you have fewer choices, fewer opportunities if you're not vaccinated. That's where we're strategically focused now. We can always make additions, but that's where we're focused now. Go ahead, Juan Manuel, close quote, follow-up question about concerts, he, he said it himself. So I got the critique based off of my Facebook post I wrote that Philip is not about freedoms and rights. Bill de Blasio just said it is. He just said it is. Let me read it to you again. Again, it's in his transcript. It's in his, it's coming out of his own words, Okay. Let me go back to the beginning of the sentence. And I quote, so we're certainly ready to look at any additional options. But right now, what we want to nail is people getting vaccinated and very bluntly showing that life is much better when you're vaccinated. You can do so much more when you're vaccinated. You have more freedom when you're vaccinated and you have a lot less. Well, what? Less freedom. You have fewer choices, fewer opportunities if you're not vaccinated, that's where we're strategically focused now. Close quote. You know, the country keeps moving further, not right, but keeps moving further left. There's authoritarianism on a right end and a left end. But this right here, he says we're first in the nation. And then he's clear in mentioning. He's clear. He's in vision process right now. Remember, he started off, imagine with me. Imagine, right? And he sees it this way. You have less and less freedom, less opportunities if you don't get the vaccine. What happened to all that talk about equity? What happened to all that talk about equality? You know, all that stuff, you know, New York City was getting like destroyed over. Minnesota, 
other parts, you know, we're talking about equality and equity, you know, equal outcomes. Where's all that at? Where's all that language? Clearly and precisely. Clearly and precisely. All right. So let's get to some comments here. Uh, Jeremy asks, what's the best way to engage with someone when become tribalistic and defensive, not only on this issue, but in general? Uh, Great question, Jeremy. I think it's important to understand the other side. Um, Just as an an example, um, I adopt the uh, approach that Martin Luther King used uh, during his work in the civil rights movement. You got to understand your quote unquote opponent. Understand how they use their words, understand where they're coming from, understand what is the foundation of, you know, their philosophy. What are their ideas? Right. So that when you engage with them, you can do them the honor of showing them, hey, I know where you're coming from. That way you don't create straw men or anything like that. So, for example, as I'm reading through uh, Bill de Blasio's uh, some of his comments, I'm recognizing particular things that are are not new. And they come from a particular ideology. They come from a particular philosophy. And, you know, I'm honoring him in what he is saying. And so it's important uh, to, if you want to engage with someone um, who has a different viewpoint than you, understand their viewpoint. Get in their shoes and understand. I understand from his perspective as a mayor, right? I understand, you know, he's under pressure from different people. I understand all that. But what I can tell is this, in his words, he's not trying to understand those individuals who, for whatever reason, are not vaccinated. I can tell that. I can tell that same thing from President Joe Biden. I can tell that same thing from a host of different elected individuals who have made comments that are very curious. Great question, Jeremy. Uh, Amber says, wow, that just screams. If you don't get vaxxed, you no longer have rights in the city. Yeah, he's not, they haven't gone that far. Um, You just don't have the (laughs) right to patronize a business, gyms, or entertainment areas, which sounds eerily familiar. There's a lot of talk about, you know, Republicans trying to institute Jim Crow as it relates to voting, but this sounds eerily familiar. Eerily. Eerily. Uh, Gina. Hello, Gina. Gina says, it's sad when government has to step in because people won't take care of one another. Christians are responsible for one another, but they failed as a whole, particularly evangelicals. This is not uh, segregation. Um, But Gina, thank you for the comment. Um, By the very definition, it is. It's not, it is not geographically segregating people, but segregation by its implication, it does set up a wall on the basis of some particular variables, okay? So we we see it all the time. There's things that we choose to segregate from, and there's other things we choose not to segregate from. I was having a discussion um, with uh, someone on Facebook yesterday talking about discrimination. Discrimination is part of the human experience. In this case, Discrimination is happening. It just is. And again, Bill de Blasio said it himself. Those are not, these are not my words. These are this elected official's words. And my concern is he said that we're first in the nation. Typically, people look at what California is doing, what New York is doing, and things start to to move that way. Hey, in Arkansas, Tyson just said all their employees had to be vaccinated. All right. 
Uh, Amber said, when one group of persons is allowed to enter a business, but another group of persons is not able to enter, then what would you call it? Yeah. So the reason in, in my post, I said there are things that we'll do that at one time we didn't find socially acceptable. Um, you know, obviously. We didn't find it socially acceptable to discriminate against individuals. Excuse me. It wasn't acceptable for the government to tell businesses to segregate or to discriminate, excuse me, discriminate against individuals with skin color like mine. But then it flipped the other direction when the government came in and said that bank owners, like one in Colorado, um, she could not discriminate on the basis of her faith in regards to making a cake for a same-sex couple. So I'm trying to figure out, is it socially acceptable or not to discriminate against an individual because of a particular set of characteristics? Because right now, what we're what de Blasio is saying, what de Blasio is saying in New York City is that it's okay. And the reason it is okay is because he makes the categorical assertion that it will literally make your life better and that two you'll be able to participate in the life of New York City but you know this is not about freedom and rights so Bill de Blasio he closes with this and I quote Again, I, I'm being told this is not about freedom. It's not about rights, Philip. <clears throat> with that, going back, and I quote, with that, going back, everyone, to why we gathered here today, the fight against COVID. Look, this mandate is going to help us save lives. This mandate is going to help us bring our city back fully. And the bottom line is it's time for everyone to get vaccinated. And we're making it really clear. If you want the key to New York City, if you want everything good about this city, all it takes is go out and get vaccinated. Continuing on, just get that first dose and you're in the game. Hey, y'all remember that, that, you know, that image everybody puts up with the kids Looking at the baseball game, it's got different boxes, right? And it's like, you know, the first one, the little brown kid can't see and the white kid can. And then they move the boxes around. This is equality, right? You know, so both of them have the same box, right? And then the next one is equity. And there's some redistribution of the boxes. And then another person was like, hey, why don't you just remove the whole fence, right? You're in the game. Continuing on, this is Bill de Blasio at the end of his uh, press conference. Of course, follow through. Get the second dose, too, at the right time. But all you got to do is walk down the street, walk in for free, get vaccinated. It takes a few minutes and you're in the game. Okay. If he would have just said that as your mayor, hey, will you go get vaccinated? I'm asking you to get vaccinated so we can get through COVID. Okay. Thank you. This has been your mayor. No. And if you don't get, oh, excuse me. And I continue on. It takes a few minutes and you're in the game. You get to enjoy all the life in New York City. And if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to be left out of a lot of things. And I don't say that with any joy. Okay, I appreciate that. That's honest. Taking it at his word. Continuing on. But I think it's what people need to hear to motivate a lot of people to take that next step for their own protection. We're doing this for your protection, your family, your community. So once again, the right thing to do, go get vaccinated. Thank you, everyone. And there it is. We are doing this for your protection. 
what other things after this are going to be offered that going to be, listen to this, you're being mandated to do something for your protection. You don't have to, think about it. You don't have to mandate to me to do anything for my protection. So what Bill de Blasio is appealing to is self-interest. Hello. Self-interest, right? Vaccine, restaurants, theaters, sporting events, Yankees games, Mets game. Well, no, Yankees, Yankees play in New York City or they play out in Brooklyn. I can't remember. All right. Sporting events. Knicks, vaccine, this, vaccine, this. I want to do all these things. I don't want to be left out. I don't want to be isolated. I don't want to have to have that tell people, oh, I can't go in the restaurant with you because I can't show, right? That's so self-interest. We're here to protect you. We're here to protect you. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, I, the way I began is my largest concern is how we are treating one another. If you got the, if you're getting the, if you've gotten the vac, received the vaccine, okay. If you have not received it, okay. Secondly, I don't know everything. I know enough about myself. I know enough about my family for us to make our decisions. How will we be treating one another when this is all over? How will we be treating one another? I have a question for the church, but that's a whole different video. Whole different video. A whole different video. Because, yeah. Uh, Rick says there is not a moral equivalence between the two sides of this debate. While there is poor cross commentary from both sides, only one side endorses the use of force of government to advance their end. I agree. My opinion is that since the 60s, significant groups in each successive generation have desperately searched romantically for their heroic moment where they can claim their participation in heroic status. Those that would manipulate the public to an end know how to play this game. Hold on a second. And oh, I ran out of comment. Unless you wanted to put more, Rick. Um, yeah, so a lot of people are gonna have a lot of decisions to make. Earlier I posted, I think there's gonna be a, a growth of entrepreneurs, different types of schools gardening, things like that. I think we're going to have to ask ourselves moving forward. Um, and let's just be honest. Uh, what's the next thing that we're going to find acceptable for the government to do to us? And as a follow-up, when will you say no? When will you say no? If we find it morally acceptable 
to have the government come and dictate or make pronouncements that it's simply just going to be this way. And if you do not acquiesce to our mandate or demand, we are going to strip opportunities from you to participate in life. At what point will a business just say no? At what point will a movie theater just say no? A church say no. We have no <laughs> king but Jesus. If you're a Muslim, no God but Allah, the Prophet Muhammad. You know, so on and so forth. At what point will you say no? Or are we just continually to push this ball forward to a day when, you know what? A group of individuals will determine for you your health decisions, where you will work, what your entertainment will be, what your recreational habits will be, how far you can go, where you can go. I understand the anxiety people feel. I understand those who, um, I sympathize with those who have been sick and recovered. I sympathize greatly with those who have lost loved ones. Yet we also need to understand those are not the only stories. That there are men and women out there who love their families, who love their children. And they have particular reasons as to why they have chosen a different path. And if we are growing more comfortable with having either city, county, state, or federal government dictate to our lives, then what was the whole point of the Black Lives Matter movement last year? What was the whole point of protesting what would happen with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, Philando Castile, even a Mike Brown? What was the point of all that? If it is just becoming acceptable for the government to be in our lives and to dictate our lives, what was the point of it? What was the point of marching down here? I live in Arkansas near Little Rock. What was the point of marching down the 630 and blocking the freeway? What was the point of march marching with your mayor in Little Rock? What was the point of y'all coming to Conway on Oak and, and Hark Rider? What was the, the point of all that if In all actuality, what you do want is more government involvement in your life. And if that is the case, what was the point of all that? I'm talking to you, black men and women. If it is acceptable for the state to determine where we can go find improvements to our health, the gym, again, referring to New York City, if it is going to become acceptable for the government to determine what restaurants we can eat at, 
if it is acceptable for all of those things, then what was the point of the civil rights movement? What is the point today of the whole thing about diversity, equity, inclusion? Because all of those things are supposed to produce equal opportunities and equal outcomes. But now the state is coming in and saying, oh, no, not until, for de Blasio's case, not until you get this. So my actual, my opportunity to actualize myself as a human being is dependent on not the fact that I am a human being, but it's dependent on whether or not I've received a particular substance. Is this what is becoming acceptable? You know, I've thought long and hard. Would it be acceptable? And I think I've I've said this before. Because what I'm being taught is it would be acceptable to me to, I don't know, go down to City Hall here in Conway and say, hey, you know what, Mayor Castleberry and Conway City Council, I want you to mandate that everybody's going to pay to build Hope Village. I want you to mandate it. Why? Because people are homeless and it's not right. No other reason. That's what I'm that's what I'm that's what I'm being taught today. That I should go down to the city council and and demand that they mandate to the 60-some thousand Conway citizens that they're going to have to pay. And if not, if they don't get some little sticker that says they are giving to this fund, they're going to be penalized. If they're not going to support the homeless, they can't go to a Stobie's. They're not going to support the homeless. They cannot go to Cinemark Theaters. If they're not going to support the homeless, they can't go to 365 Fitness, CrossFit, Conway, Refine. They can't go to 10 Fitness, Planet Fitness, Sync Fitness. They can't go. That's what I'm learning. I'm not going to do that because it's not right. It is not right. It is not right. And this is where I'm going to speak as precise and clearly as possible. What de Blasio is doing is not right. It is depersonalizing. It is dehumanizing. It is not right. Screenshot it. Record the video. It is not right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the uh, special show, Humanity Matters. We've been talking about coercion. Is it upon us? Thank you for uh, joining me. This will be available on uh, podcast later this week. Uh, You can go back and replay this on Facebook. Go over to YouTube. Hey, subscribe. I would greatly uh, appreciate it. Um, You can find me on any of them different sites. All right. Uh, Hey. I hope that I've been loving. I hope I've been kind in this discussion. I hope I've been clear and precise in my speech. Um, you know, if you've got a question or want to hit me up or anything like that, you can always email me humanity matters podcast at gmail.com. Um, hey, we're living, it's a hard time. Let me be, just keep it 100. It's a hard time. And um, speak clearly in the choices that you make. Um, 
Make a free choice. Not because you were forced to, not because you're ashamed into it. Consider yourself, consider your family, consider other people. It's important. But at the end of the day, uh, we were created to be free in every sense of the word. And to pursue a calling, a purpose, and to find meaning in our life. So keep that in mind. So remember to be loved, to be kind, to be generous, and I will catch you soon. Y'all take care and God bless. Hey, if you found something of value, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find us on Facebook at Dr. Philip Fletcher. Find us on Twitter at Philip Fletcher. And as always, visit us on the website, philipfletcher.org.